Well, hi, it's me, and welcome to Bad Bleeps of the Bible. One day in ancient Judea, which, as I'm saying this, I just now realize that I keep throwing out Judea to you, and you're supposedly supposed to know it, so let me... Let me explain a little bit about Judea. So it's not all of Israel as we know it today. You may know it by its other name, the West Bank, controversial West Bank. And this includes the city of Jerusalem and is in the region west of the Jordan River in more northern-ish Israel. Regardless, during the time of Jesus, this was the place to be. And one day, while in the rolling hills of Judea, Jesus decided to give a sermon or a religious speech. And in the middle of this sermon, a rude lawyer stood up and asked him a question to test him. Master, he inquired, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? In response, Jesus, clearly unperturbed by the rude interruption, turned the question back on the lawyer asking him, okay, smarty pants, why don't you tell me what's written in the law about eternal life? The lawyer, being well-versed in the scriptures, confidently replied, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus nodded in approval, affirming that, sure, the lawyer's answer was right. He even went so far as to say, thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. Which, take note, people. Duly noted. The lawyer just couldn't stop, it seems, and he asked another question, asking, and who is my neighbor? In response to this question, Jesus began to weave a tale, a parable, remember those, the story with a lesson, that would become one of the most enduring and impactful stories in the history of literature and beyond. The story of our bleep today, the Good Samaritan. The parable of the Good Samaritan begins in the bustling town of Jericho, where a man set out on a journey from Jericho to Jerusalem. This road was particularly nasty and was nicknamed the Way of Blood because of its numerous robberies and murders. And, just as a, again, side note, Martin Luther King Jr. actually described this road, so I'm going to let him tell you about it. It's a winding, meandering road. It's really conducive for ambushing. You start out in Jerusalem, which is about 1,200 feet above sea level, and by the time you get down to Jericho, you're about 2,200 feet below sea level. That's a dangerous road. In the days of Jesus, it came to be known as the Bloody Pass. Mm. I would listen to him all day, truly, but also gone too soon. Also, he recorded that the day before he was shot and assassinated. Sad fact. So, as the traveler walked along this treacherous way of blood or bloody pass, he was attacked by a band of robbers who stripped him, robbed him, beat him mercilessly, and left him half dead by the side of the road. As the completely wrecked traveler lay by the roadside, a priest approached. Clothed in all his ceremonial garments, his presence reflected his authority and the respect he commanded within the religious circles at the time. 
And as a religious leader, one would have expected him to be the beacon of compassion, right? Yet, to the surprise of those who were listening to Jesus tell this story, which I'm sure included nosy priests who were present at said sermon, the priest in the story chose to sidestep the injured man, going so far as to see this bruised and bloody traveler and hoisting up his priestly skirts and making his way to the opposite side of the street. The absolute rudeness. Now, Jesus intentionally included the priest here to highlight a very harsh truth at the time. That sometimes those who hold these esteemed positions in society or religion might fail to, I guess, embody the virtues that they profess to have and think that you should have. He basically called out the hypocritical nature of priests at the time who espoused the virtues of love and compassion, but didn't have it themselves. Seems a bit familiar, doesn't it? Anywho, back to our story. Following closely behind the priest was a Levite, a member of one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Remember Jacob, whose name was changed from Jacob to Israel, who had 12 sons and whose 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. Also, another plug to go watch J7 The Amazing Tentacolor Dreamcoat for further information. So of the 12 tribes of Israel, the Levites specifically were tasked with religious service. So while they weren't necessarily priests, they were temple officials, the judges, temple craftsmen, temple gatekeepers, all things religious authority. So this Levite prancing down the road, this dude would too have had knowledge of the law, the rituals, and the moral teachings of the religion of that time. However, when confronted with the sight of the injured man, what do you think he did? Yep, just like the priest before him, the Levite didn't want to soil his robes, and he too crossed to the opposite side of the street, passing by this wounded traveler and completely indifferent to his suffering. Now, again, including the Levite in this story of Jesus's emphasized that religious affiliation alone does not guarantee goodness or mercy. It challenged the notion that adherence to religion or religious laws can sometimes blind individuals to the principles of love and compassion, which they constantly espouse. Again, I ask, seems freaking familiar. What people would... I don't know, blindly follow a complete disgrace of a human, storm the seat of government, completely disregard the atrocities happening to another group of people, and then go to church on Sunday to learn more about love and compassion in Jesus. Hmm. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? It's like incredible. (laughs) Whew, we have strongly digressed, (laughs) so... Thank God, literally, I guess, Jesus now introduces us to the unexpected hero of the story, who happens to be a Samaritan. Now, to the audience of Jesus' time, the very mention of a Samaritan would have been controversial and startling. The Jews and the Samaritans had a history of absolute animosity that was rooted in both their religious and their ethnic differences, going back all the way to the time of Saul and to King David. So, this disdain for each other ran deep. Yet, in Jesus' parable, it was the despised Samaritan who demonstrated true neighborly love. Hmm. 
And the Samaritans' actions were deliberate and they were profound. So Jesus was not mincing his words. He knew what he was doing in this parable. The Samaritan not only stopped to help the wounded man, he tended to the wounded man, binding up his wounds with oil and with wine. He then placed the Samaritan on his own donkey and transported him to an inn where the Samaritan's kindness went even further. He actually stayed with the wounded traveler overnight and then, on his departure the next morning, gave the innkeeper money to cover any future expenses. But not only that, he said that he would return soon in order to check on on the man and pay for whatever else was needed to aid in the man's recovery. Holy freaking moly. Now, there's lots of symbolism in this, so take out your magnifying glass because we're going to find it. Hold on, let me get my glasses on so I can see it. The use of oil and wine hinted at the generosity and abundance that flowed from the heart moved with compassion. Transporting the man on his own animal highlighted the Samaritan's sacrifice, especially in a culture at the time where an animal represented both wealth and status. If you had an animal, you were something. This Samaritan willingly gave up his own comfort, staying with the man for the sake of an absolute stranger. And the Samaritan's act of kindness in covering both present and future expenses showed a commitment beyond just the initial act of kindness. It truly embodied the essence of compassion, which we find is a combination of selflessness and enduring love. Ugh, good writing, Scott. So after concluding his parable, Jesus looked at the lawyer and asked, Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Of course, the lawyer answered, saying, Well, obviously, he that showed mercy on him. And Jesus answered in pure and utter clarity, Go, and do thou likewise. It's so cool that Jesus included these three people in his story, the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan, because he was quite literally shattering any preconceived notions and biases of what makes a man good. The priest and the Levite were both supposed to be the embodiment of good people, yet they passed by. The Samaritan was supposed to be hated by the Jewish people, and yet he was the one who was the embodiment of good, the neighbor in this instance. So cool. So he challenged listeners to reflect on their own attitudes and their own actions, urging them to really look beyond just these external affiliations, priest, Levite, and to see the true measure of a person and the true measure of their capacity for love and mercy. He also encouraged them to really practice what they preached. So in essence, the parable of the Good Samaritan serves as a timeless reminder that goodness knows no boundaries and compassion is not confined by societal expectations or by religious affiliations. Basically, it doesn't matter who you are or what you believe, kindness is free. Everybody say Come through, Good Samaritan. Come through. And that, everyone, is the parable of our bleep, the Good Samaritan. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to get in touch with me. Please get in touch and share your thoughts, church stories, church trauma, or questions at badbleepsofthebible at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at badbleepsofthebible. 
Sources for today's story can be found in our show notes. And please, if you haven't already, rate, review, subscribe, share, do it all. Catch you next time and watch out for posy people professing compassion but possessing none. Bye. Thank you.